Well, guess what? It's Monday, <laughs> not Tuesday. If Surprise. you've been listening at all or paying any attention, you know that typically our episodes come out on Tuesday, mm-hmm. but this is Christmas week and <laughs> Christmas Eve happens to fall on a Tuesday. So we thought maybe Monday would be better this week to, yeah. to reach out to you because I bet a lot of you are going to be super busy tomorrow. Maybe so, even traveling. That's right. So we are excited to dive into episode number 15 here. And I want to just kind of set this up a little bit. I need you to use your imagination for a second. Imagine a, a happy step couple on their wedding day. And as that familiar tune of the wedding march starts to play, The double doors at the back of the church open up and immediately the new bride and the groom lock eyes. In her elegance, she begins gliding up the aisle toward him. Her eagerness to marry him causes her to walk a little faster than she did at the rehearsal. He's beaming with excitement and a little nervous as well. As she approaches, they take each other's hands. They turn their attention to the pastor officiating the ceremony. The pastor clears his throat. He begins in his usual way. We're gathered here today and all seems right with the world. But to the happy couple's dismay, the pastor goes on to say, we're gathered here today to first examine all the conflicts and the pitfalls that this beautiful couple is about to enter into as they begin blending families. (laughs) And then he goes on for about a half an hour to tell them about all the typical challenges that blended families (laughs) face. I mean, talk about being blindsided, right? But the truth is that that's kind of how a lot of couples feel who are trying to blend families. Maybe they're not getting smacked with it right on their wedding ceremony, but we hear this story so often about couples who are just blindsided by all the unexpected complications very shortly after the wedding. Maybe you've already been on your blended family journey for a while, but if you're about to form a blended family, what that pastor did is kind of what we're about to do to you, but not to discourage you. We want to let you know that these realities of blended family life are really normal Normal. and you're not alone in feeling blindsided by them. And most importantly, there are some intentional actions and specific strategies that you can take to minimize the negative impacts that come with these common challenges of blended family life. So we are going to jump into the episode right on the other side of the intro. Welcome to the Blended Family Coaching Show, where you'll discover how to move your step family from just surviving to truly thriving. Grab your headphones and listen in as we share practical, real-life strategies for building healthy bonds, understanding the kids' perspective, romance and partnership, parenting with great teamwork, and yes, even co-parenting with a difficult ex. We're Mike and Kim Anderson, and we believe with the right tools, every step couple can overcome the common challenges of stepfamily life. Join us for authentic and sometimes comical conversations to discover how you can lead your family with confidence and create the future you really want. Well, hey, again, welcome back to Mm -hmm. episode number 15. We're calling this the seven unexpected realities that can leave you feeling blindsided. (laughs) And many of us are blindsided because, you know, we expected one thing but we ended up with another. And that's how we're going to look at these seven common realities. Uh, these are these are things that most of us um, don't really expect, but the reality is we have to face yeah. them. Today so, is all about awareness. That's right. And awareness so, is a good thing. Awareness keeps you from that deep disappointment. Mm, yeah. uh, when you go in with your eyes open, knowing what to expect, yep. even though it may not all be pretty and easy. It, right. it might be really tough, but 
if you're aware, it's you save yourself a lot of grief later on. Definitely. All, All right, right hi. Well, dive us right into blindside number one. Blindside number one is low and slow versus fast and furious. There's two different mindsets here. Now, most of us, I don't know if you've ever seen the Brady Bunch. This is kind of aging us a bit, honey. The Brady Bunch. We grew up with the, please don't the, sing it. Oh. No. <laughs> no, you're no fun this we morning. We grew up with the Brady Bunch, <laughs> and a lot of us suffer from what we call the Brady Bunch delusion. And if you've seen an episode, you know what I'm talking about. They mm-hmm. all just get along great. There's an instant bonding that happens. I've noticed that... You know, the, the kids call the step-parent dad or mom right out of the, right gate. Out of the yep. gate. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's no time, regardless of their age. And, you know, that expectation can be especially strong when everyone is getting along during that dating oh, stage. Yeah. You know, when the kids seem to be having fun with each other and your kids seem to really accept your new partner they're clicking really well. Everyone's hanging out together. It's just going great. And, you know, they spend a couple hours doing a fun-filled activity, and then everyone goes back to their own homes. <laughs> back to right? our own corners, right. And everyone gets a break from each other, and they mm-hmm. don't really have to do all the household responsibilities and the deep lifting of life. Mm. It's all fun and games. And so couples tend to make that leap in their thinking, you know, oh, this is going great. So once we get under the same roof, that's what we can expect. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when the blind side hits. What they thought would be fast and fun and easy, because everyone seems to be getting along, suddenly becomes something very different. Mm-hmm. And the reality for blended families is that we have to get our mind around this. We need to slow things down if we want to speed things up. <laughs> what? I hope that makes <laughs> We've got to slow down because right. if you're holding on to this expectation that blending is going to happen quickly and easily, that's where you might need to change that expectation, let go of it and realize that this is a mm-hmm. slow process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and really, you know, as we slow those things down, the reason it speeds things up is cuz it takes the pressure off. Yeah. And we've got to learn to take the pressure off ourselves yeah. and all the kids. Yeah. And keep yeah. our expectations realistic. That's right. So, low and slow versus fast and fun. Yep. Well, low and slow can be fun too. Definitely, especially if that's where your expectation is. Oh, that's right. And you're not dealing with disappointment. That's good. Yeah. So that's blindside number one. Let's dive into blindside number two. This is all around relationships when it comes to parenting rather than responsibilities. We tend to think about who's going to be responsible for what when it comes to parenting. Yeah, roles, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times in our culture, especially in North America, Uh, It's amazing how many couples we meet that are still focused on, well, moms should do this and dads should do that. And often we get caught up in those kind of roles. It's easy to get stuck in that mindset that our blended family needs to look like a first family. Yeah, what moms and dads do in first families, we're going to just automatically roll into. Try to do that. And even when it comes to how we're handling parenting, 
this is where we really Ooh, get blindsided, yeah, right? Time. But the big focus, especially early on, should be to build and protect relationships as much as possible. Right. And parenting, not getting parenting right, can actually start to tear down relationships. Yeah. We've got to be very careful here. And sabotage them. So first, let's just kind of dispel one misconception that seems to run rampant with single parents, and it kind of carries on into blended family life. And it's that bio parents often want to back away a bit from discipline because they might be feeling guilty about the challenges that the kids have already faced. And they might be kind of fearful of losing favor with the kids, right? Sometimes we feel like, oh, if we're always disciplining when the kids are in our home, then they're not going to want to be in our home. Yeah. They're going to want to go to my ex's place. Yeah, especially if they have limited, really limited time, they want it to only be fun. Exactly. But the truth is, Kids need boundaries and boundaries actually communicate love. They're the best. So true. Yeah. The best person too that, that a child will accept boundaries from is a bio parent yeah. because their love and their relationship and the history is already secure. So bio parents need to learn ways to help the kids know that authority is going to be coming from them even in those times when the step-parent is the only one home and seems to be in charge. And there's actually a very specific strategy that can make that happen. And we have a blog about that. We're going to link to that mm -hmm. in the show notes. So yep. you can go find it over in the show notes. And there's a secondary problem too that occurs when a bio-parent does not maintain that primary authority. It places the step-parent in that authoritative role and that can actually start to damage the relationships yeah. right at a time when they should be built, not torn down. So we've got to wrap our mind around the fact that parenting is all about relationships. Mm. How are you going to protect those relationships? So go check out that blog. That's blindside number two. Honey, take us into blindside number three. Blindside number three is all about authority, again, versus influence. Right. And that leads us to the expectation that a step parent will quickly establish authority with their stepkids. And what we really want to do is stop and ask the step parent, is authority what you're really after? So again, this has to do with parenting. And we're going to talk about a different approach that focuses on influence instead for the step parent. Now, this approach, um, honey, you can probably speak to this. It seems a little counterintuitive to most step-parents, right? Yeah, you know, I, I wanted to come in and I thought I needed to establish authority. Yeah. I thought that was a priority for us, but I learned uh, pretty quickly that we had to take a different approach. Yeah, yeah. most step-parents feel like I've got to lay down this foundation of authority and set the kids right and get their respect right out of the gate, especially in those times, like you just mentioned, hon, when the step-parent is left alone with the kids. But like we've already said, taking too much authority as a step-parent too soon will most likely sabotage that bonding process, that relationship. See, authority, it's all about compliance, right? You're demanding your stepkids to respond to your direction and to your discipline. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what authority is about. Mm -hmm. But the reality is you really can't force your stepkids to accept your authority as that's a step-parent. It mm -hmm. just doesn't work. I mean, parents, they might expect their kids to readily accept discipline from their step-parent, and the step-parents might claim to have as much authority as a parent, but what really counts here is how much authority the children will accept 
mm-hmm. from a step parent. Yeah. All of that is a direct quote from one of our country's leading mm-hmm. experts, Ron Deal. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And this mm-hmm. is a hard concept for step parents and bio parents to get their, their head around. Um, but it's something that many of us get blindsided by. We did. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, that step parent, they start to experience pushback from their <laughs> stepkids, right? And they hear the dreaded, you're not my mommy, or yeah, you're not I, my daddy. Right. You can't tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. You're not the boss of me. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where you end up. So rather than striving to take that authority with your stepkids and demand it, we really want to encourage step parents to shift their focus towards influence. Yeah. And listen to the difference here. It's really interesting. Authority is the power or right to give orders, make decisions, and enforce obedience. That description sounds like a job for the bio Bio, parent. That's right. That's (laughs) That's the bio parent's responsibility. Mm -hmm. It takes time for a step parent to earn the right to take on that authority. It doesn't just happen. Kids need to build trust with their step parent first, and trust can't be forced. That's right. Now, listen to this um, description of influence. Very different. Influence is the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone. Mm. So a step-parent's focus should be on influence rather than authority. And step-parents, you can play a really active role in the character development of your stepkids. It's not that you just back out of parenting altogether. That's right. It's that you have a very specific and special role to play. Now, step-parents can do this by taking on more of a role of like a teacher or a coach with their stepkids. They can set a good example and they can work on communication with their stepkids about life choices and building good character and values. You can have really deep conversations with mm-hmm. kids without being the disciplinarian. That's right. And the bottom line is, is that kids thrive when a step parent is focused on connection, mm-hmm. not correction. Mm-hmm. Another quote from a yep. from expert Patricia Paper now. That's right. See, with most kids, true authority will gradually be accepted from a step parent, but it takes time and it's only after that trusted relationship has developed. So that's, that's right. where the focus needs to be. Yeah. So that's blindside number three. Right. All about authority versus, versus influence. influence. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Well, let's dive into blindside number four. Number four, honey. So, blindside number four is really about this idea of, well, I know kids are part of the package versus the view of the whole package. Mm. And this can really catch step parents off guard. You know, the whole package. What does that mean, right? (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know what? When I met Kim, I thought, man, she's the whole package, right? But that's meant something a little bit different than what we're talking about here. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about, but that's <laughs> whatever, okay. Keep going, whatever. keep going. <laughs> now, most of the time, step parents come in with, with one realistic expectation. They know, okay, kids are part of the package. But what they miss and what often blindsides them is that typically they don't think about their new partner's relationship with their ex as being part of the whole package. And that can be a a big thing. Dun, dun, dun. We're going to, yeah. That was a big thing for us, huh, honey? The X factor, as you call it. Oh, yeah. So we are going to link, there's a 
a blog we have called It Takes More Than Two to Tango. <laughs> uh, and we're going to link to that in the show notes. But the reality is that the disruption that an X can create for your home can be overwhelming. And this often blindsides a new partner. It sometimes even catches the bio parent off guard a bit because often an ex can become even more difficult once you recouple, oh, right? That, that's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> so we need to expect that exes can experience some really strong emotions. They might feel insecure. They might get protective over the kid or even over your new yeah. partner, which is their ex. Uh, when you guys recouple. When you get together. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes they tend to respond a little bit differently than they did before. Yeah. So what we've always got isn't what we're getting anymore. Yeah. And if right? you want to understand that better, think about how you respond when your ex recouples. Yeah. And, is, and now their new partner is spending time with your kids. If it impacts you. Yeah. It, it does. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what they're going through sometimes. That's right. Now, when an ex behaves badly or causes unnecessary drama or disruption in your home, it's really easy to get angry, but we've got to recognize that they're part of the whole package for now, mm -hmm. the good, the bad, and the, the ugly, ugly, right? And we also have to keep in, in mind that their impact is going to change over time as kind of the family system start to stabilize and the shifting dynamics get more normal. Yeah. And so sometimes it can really heat up for a while, but then it'll start to back off. More to and, acceptance. You know, and the truth is really kind of for the rest of life, the ex is always going to be present. There's going to be graduations and future weddings and other really important events that they're going to be there. But over time, over the long haul, the level of their impact and, re and involvement is going to reduce. Yeah. And I know that's hard to see sometimes <laughs> uh, when we're right in the throes of some real challenges, but all of our kids are on their way to becoming adults mm -hmm. and they are, uh, the ex is going to have less influence once those kids uh, become adults, yeah. less influence on you. Yeah. Anyway, you don't have right? to abide by a parenting plan forever. That's right. <laughs> so we've got to stay focused on how we can create more peace between those homes in order to play the long game and protect the kids from as much of that conflict as possible. Okay, so that's blindside number four. Honey, where are we at with blindside number five? This is all about uh, our understanding of our kids. A lot of us believe that kids are adaptable versus how kids get stuck. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about adaptable versus stuck. And like I said, a lot of adults believe that kids are just, you know, pretty emotionally stable and they're adaptable they can quickly adjust and bounce back and they'll be fine with this new family structure. They'll accept it. They'll be great with the new step parent or yeah. the new step siblings. They'll adjust, they'll adapt. And, you know, they really start to believe that kids can bounce back from things like loss mm -hmm. and that they won't struggle too much emotionally when um, the family blends. Yeah. And often this belief, honestly, it, for me at least, it came from a place of just wanting to ease my own pain and guilt about mm. what my child had gone through. Sure. I mean, there was a lot of things that kids go through. Sure. And sometimes we just don't want to face the reality that our kids can struggle. And often they get stuck in the process of blending. We That's want right. them to move on and accept it and adapt it and adjust, but they're but back there stuck. Kind of stuck. Yeah. yeah. So what we've got to keep in mind here is that the experience of other members of your step family is often going to be dramatically different from yours. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. We're all on the same journey together. 
or present for the same circumstances. However, each person's vantage point can be vastly different. That's right. Now, if we want to help our kids to process through any of these difficult emotions that bubble up, if we want to help them to grieve those losses and break free from the binds that they get stuck in, such as uh, parental allegiance, which we talked about back in episode six, we mm-hmm. talked about one of the major binds, but there's there's quite a few other dynamics that kids just get stuck in. And if we want to help them move through that rather than staying stuck, we've got to first kind of put our own emotions aside. If you're feeling guilt or uh, whatever you're experiencing emotionally yourself, you've got to kind of put that aside, not bury it, but put it aside for a time so that you can focus on helping your kids work through their emotions. Mm -hmm. Because the reality is that kids will need a parent's emotional support and understanding and not just following the divorce or after the remarriage. I mean, yep. definitely that's a key time, but we need to make ourselves really available mm-hmm. and we need to be open to hearing our kids' perspectives, to listening to them, to responding to them over the long haul. We're yeah. looking at the big picture here. It's not just isolated times. Yeah. And this is a blind side that can hit us a bit later, right? Because yes. we can feel like, oh, things are adjusted. We're maybe good. a couple years yeah. in, everything's good. And then all of a sudden, triggers hit yeah. and something happens with one of the kids or one of the exes that just mm-hmm. bubbles up a whole nother uh, uh, group of emotions yeah. that we have to deal with. Yeah. 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 Unexpected things can yep. come up and kids change. They go through different developmental stages. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times there are many layers to grief. Yep. And there's some unexpected things that are probably going to come up for your kids mm-hmm. and they can, um, they can definitely struggle. Mm-hmm. So if you want to dive deeper into this, um, to responding to your kids, this emote, we call it emotion coaching, mm-hmm. helping your kids to work through their emotions and understand. Uh, we did a great episode on that. We actually walked you through John Gottman's book on emotion coaching in episode number seven. Mm-hmm. So go back yeah. and re-listen to that. And we're going to we're going to link. Oh, we're not going to link that. Well, we are going to link. We will. Okay. We will link that. And we're also going to link this great book that we've also talked about called In Their Shoes by Lauren Retzma. And the reason why I want to link that is because that gives you a really great understanding of kind of what children experience when a first family ends and a new blended family begins. Mm-hmm. It really is going to open your eyes to their perspective because Lauren is a child of yeah. divorce. She's writing from and, her own perspective. Yep, yeah, and she moved between homes. She was part of two blended family dynamics, so she has great insight. So we're going to link that as well. That's right. All right, on to blindside number six. All right, number six. This one we've talked about, but we're going to hit on this once more, and that's family time versus one-on-one connections. You know, most of us enter into blended family life just expecting lots of fun family time. (laughs) That kind of points back to blindside number one, that we think everything is going to be fast and fun. because it was fun before. But then we get blindsided by the amount of tension that bubbles up when we're just trying to make family time happen and have a good time. Even dinner time. I know. so stressful yeah, the for little a blended things. family. One couple we coached a while back was sharing how they were so frustrated with the times when all six of their kids were home, which really only happened a few days a month. It was a time that they craved because they wanted to experience closeness as a family, 
But when that time actually came around, it just wasn't what they were hoping for. They'd try to have a family meal, a game night, a movie night, and it would just blow up. You know, kids were bickering, the adults were arguing, and nobody was actually having a good time. It's actually a pretty typical story. Yeah. You know, as they shared their story, it wasn't a shock to us. We hear that story time and time again, just in different forms. And we experienced that story ourselves. And the more we talked, the more we discovered that what this couple really wanted was healthy relational connections. Now, he was sharing that he wanted his wife and kids to build connection and to be able to be a positive example of marriage between the two of them. And she was sharing that she wanted to see all the kids build some kind of positive relationship with each other and with their respective step parents. Mm-hmm. Now, th- those were great goals. And it was actually their goals that helped them begin to grasp the way to respond to this blind side. It's really all about that one-on-one mm-hmm. time in order to support the relationships. Yeah, so true. So starting with the bio relationships, we had them start building a strategy around spending one-on-one time with the kids. And the goal was just to create a sense of stability and safety for each child with their bio parent. Then we could kind of slip into very short family time moments to begin testing the waters, maybe go for an ice cream or take a short walk. And then they graduated to maybe going on a picnic or having that family meal. So taking those little tiny strategic steps toward family time while they were supporting all the other relationships with focused one-on-one time, that really helped. And the great news was it really didn't, it didn't take them years or anything to start enjoying family time. It really only took a few months before they were able to say, man, family dinner last night was just great. It was fun. Right. And like I said, this is closely related to blindside number one, because we've got to stay patient and focused on that whole low and slow approach rather than expecting family time to be that fast, fun experience that you were really hoping for. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's all about one-on-one versus family time. And the step parent can also build one-on-one time with with the step kids Absolutely, yes. in very short bursts and yep. as much as they can, That's they can right. handle. And it'll be a little bit different for every family. Yeah, you know, will. younger kids will tend to, to connect faster than older kids and, and all of those things. So, you know, you have to take your unique dynamics yeah, into perspective. Yeah, there's no magic formula here. That's you right. You want to experiment, try different approaches, but keep at it. Even if, even if you do have, you know, a big blowout family dinner, it's all right. Try again. That's yeah, right. <laughs> a little get, at a time. Don't get discouraged. That's yeah. part of the process. Yeah. Now that leads us right into blindside number seven, which is all about the biological loyalties versus the partnership or the marriage priorities. Yeah. And there's a danger zone that can occur with this one-on-one strategy that we just shared. And that's when the marriage relationship kind of gets <laughs> left in the dust. Yeah, everybody's having <laughs> one-on-one time but us, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you know, there's that's a blind side for us. When we, right. go, when we go into marriage, we often think that our partnership, our marriage is going to be the first priority. But in a blended families, most couples find out that the marriage actually feels secondary a lot Mm -hmm. of times because those biological loyalties are so strong in a blended family. They have more history. They have more connection. And that can quickly pull apart the couple's relationship. That's true. So that's when the one-on-one strategy might be needed the most, but we're going to tweak it (laughs) a bit. And this time we're going to focus on your relationship as a couple 
as opposed to your relationship with the kids. So basically, we got to remember date night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seems to get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. And it's so funny how, you know, we ask couples, when was the last time you had a date night? And they, a lot of times they can't even remember. It's like, it's been <laughs> yep. months since we yep. spent any focused time on each other. We just don't have time. And they come mm. up with their big laundry list of all the things they've got going on. And we've had seasons like yep. that. Yeah. But then mm. we ask them, well, how much time did you spend together when you fell in love? Yeah. And when you, you were dating, dating before, how did yeah. you ever fall in love with all this laundry list of things? Yeah. You probably have the same jobs and you got the same <laughs> number of kids yeah, and the, the same, same number of activities. Responsibilities. Yeah. <laughs> but it just is different. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, it is. But we've got to recapture that, <laughs> mm-hmm. that dating mentality and really make that a priority. Yeah. Uh, focus time together and not focus time to talk about parenting or problems or chores or mm-hmm. the X or finances. Yeah. Um, you really want to have that deep heart to heart connection time, yeah. sharing your dreams and, mm-hmm. and where you're growing and mm-hmm. your hopes. And, but there's some other focus time we need as well, right? Right. We also need one-on-one team time to work mm-hmm. together and lead our family forward. Cause that's yeah. just as important. And it's intentional time that you will work on the business of raising the family when you're going to brainstorm problems and talk about parenting and where you're going as a family. Um, and that's an important time too. You're going to, you know, do the strategies that you're learning from us on this podcast (laughs) (laughs) and talk about how are we going to respond to this blindside? And Mm -hmm. if you're feeling blindsided, talk to your partner about that, communicate about that because you want to experience your partnership as a team Mm -hmm. working together for the best result of your marriage and your family. That's right. And you know, over the years, Kim and I have struggled with this. We've had seasons where we skipped our one-on-one time altogether, or we've really blurred the lines between like date time, which is focused on us versus partnership time, which is focused on raising our family. You know, those are two separate times. Mm -hmm. But what we've learned is that both are really imperative in order to keep our partnership a priority and not allow the biological loyalties to drive a wedge between us as partners. Mm -hmm. Now we're wondering which one of these seven blind sides have you experienced in your blended family <laughs> journey so far, or maybe all seven of yeah. them? Would you head over to the show notes for yeah. this episode at our website, which is at support.mikeandkimcoaching.com forward slash zero one five. That's our episode number 15. And just scroll all the way to the bottom of the show notes and leave us a comment and tell us which one or, or which yeah, ones love to know. of these seven blind sides you've experienced and we will read every comment and we will respond. I promise. I, I'd love to to get a reading on what's most prevalent. Absolutely. Out of these seven. That'd be great. That'd be yeah. interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And plus, we just want to be able to help you respond to each of the blind sides that you experience in a way that draws you closer as a couple and closer as a family. So just real quick, head over to that uh, website. Again, it's support.mikeandkimcoaching.com forward slash 015. Scroll down to the bottom and leave us a comment sharing which of the blind sides you've experienced. And as always, please hit subscribe and take just a moment to leave us an honest rating and a review in iTunes. We read every single one. Yeah. Now that's bringing our seven blind sides to a close. But next week, stay Mm -hmm. tuned. You're not going to want to miss next week's episode. We're going to be back on Tuesday morning as usual. Yes, back to Tuesdays. Yeah, and that'll be New Year's Eve. Mm -hmm. And we're wondering, what will 2020 look like for your blended family? 
Yep. Right. It'll be up to you. Yeah, don't miss out on our discussion next week. That's right. In the meantime, if you happen to celebrate Christmas, we hope it's a very merry one. And that makes this episode a wrap. Yeah.